0: On, everybody, welcome to episode 19 of The Deep Ball. I'm your host, Anthony palillo and today we're doing our second of two off off-season team previews. Last week we did the New York Jets, this week it's the New York Giants. And in order to do that, I got two big time Giants fans on the podcast you got Anthony Novello and James
1: Hackliffe. Boys, it's a pleasure to have you.
2: Pleasure is mine, pale
1: All hail the New York Giants.
2: Yeah, man, thanks for having me. I'm a big fan of the podcast, and I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, I know these two guys were uh, always looking to get
0: on. I couldn't think of a more fitting episode to have you guys on to talk to New York Giants because, as you know, all of us big-time New York Giants fans, I had to suck it up last week talking about the Jets, but uh, real excited to talk about the Giants, and we're going to start kind of recapping this past season. I mean, the Giants got off to a horrid start. Uh, they started off 1-7. You had that loss, to to like the Eagles in the beginning of the season. That was uh, when Evan Ingram drops the ball, which was absolutely disgusting. Carson Wentz was a touchdown late. You had the two-point, missed two-point conversion at the end of that Bucks game that could have tied the game. Just uh, the Cowboys game, just some brutal losses. But the Giants, with all that, they did get hot. They finished six and ten, just missed the playoffs thanks to the Eagles throwing that game, but that's for another day. But uh kind of like I want to instantly actually kind of how did you guys fit, do like I, I don't know if you could label a six and ten season a success. But with Joe Judge uh, in his first year, kind of the new acquisitions we brought in, how would you guys label um, this first season as the Giants, at least from Judge's standpoint?
1: You know, I loved watching this season because I felt like Joe Judge and the coaching staff kept us in every single game. No matter the situation they were in, I felt like the coaching staff was able to coach the guys up throughout the game, keep them in it, and put them in the best position in the fourth quarter. I mean, the only games that I can really think of that we were – Blown out and was San Francisco, and honestly, I thought Arizona just had us the entire game. But other than that, I felt like we were in every single game.
2: Yeah, man, I uh, I love Joe Judge. I love Patrick Graham. I thought early on we had some uh, some hiccups, like like Novello said, with that with that loss to San Fran, that was a pretty brutal one. But I think we could see over time the defense definitely developed, and I think that was credit to P- Patrick Graham's schemes. I thought he did a great job. I love some of the acquisitions we had Bradbury was great um you know what I was I was happy with the season it was it was kind of a love-hate thing I liked watching the games but there were times where I just felt terrible about like pretty much how we were losing them but definitely an improvement from my point of view especially on the defensive side yeah I, I couldn't agree with you more
0: uh I mean the Giants were probably the best 1-7 team you could argue in NFL history. I mean, they lost like six, like six of those were like one possession games. They had a chance at the end of the game to win it, and they ultimately didn't, which is a little frustrating, but at the end of the day, yeah, Joe Judge and Patrick Graham, what they were able to do as a head coach and defensive coordinator respectively was just unbelievable. I thought Joe Judge just brought a new energy. He said he wanted to kind of reflect uh, like the fans and like in their play style, and I think he definitely did. Like I said, the Giants defense going into the year, I thought, was probably going to be one of the worst in the league, and I mean, you could argue that the Giants have a top I don't even think it's an argument. The Giants did have a top 10 defense this past year. I mean, that really helped with uh, you bringing a guy like James Bradbury on the back end. You bring in Logan Ryan right before the season starts. And then Gettleman, I mean, I was – Leonard Williams I actually thought was one of the worst deals. Like when he made that trade in 2019, I was like, that is horrendous. Leonard Williams absolutely stepped up. He's an absolute baller. We'll get to him in a little, a little bit later. But uh, was there any, anybody else that uh, really stood out to you guys this year?
1: Um, honestly, I think that to me, Blake Martinez, for sure. Blake Martinez was all over the field. He was running Patrick Graham's defense almost to perfection. And I think that he always had his guys in the right spots.
2: Yeah, Martinez was definitely a great signing. He definitely was a leader of that defense. Another guy I want to bring up would be, uh, Darnay Holmes. As, as a rookie fourth round pick, you can't be upset with how he played. He got better every game was a solid player in the defense and I'm really excited to see what he can do next year in the second season because he just, he just got better every single game. Great quickness, did a great job of tracking back to the ball when he got beat. I don't, I don't know if he gave up a touchdown this season, maybe, maybe one or two, but he, he played great this season too, as a, as a guy that we did not expect to. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not the biggest
0: Darnay Holmes fan, I don't know why, though, because Darnay Holmes, is a, especially as a slot corner, I mean he's real good in man to man coverage. Uh, I mean, another rookie I'll kind of shout out, Xavier McKinney. I know he was hurt in the beginning of the year, but he came on, really came into his own at the end of the year. Definitely think you have something special brewing with him. Another guy, like, towards the end of the year, Andrew Thomas, I thought. Like, he had definitely a tough year, but I think towards the end of the year, I remember specifically that game that they played the Browns. It was an ugly game, but he handled Myles Garrett pretty well. But, um, yeah, I think overall, like, as, as much as they – like it's it's hard I think to say that a six and ten football season was like a success, but I think where the expectations were coming into the season and just how hard the Giants played every week and how like competitive they really were and I mean really to the last game of the season they were in the playoff hunt. I mean if a couple of things go the different way in that Washington Philly game, the Giants win the playoffs, which uh, is crazy to think about. But uh, I kind of want to switch gears a little bit, focus on. Probably the most one of the more pressing questions going into the offseason for the Giants. And it's kind of like the stance on Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones' his first season uh, started in week three with that crazy win against the Buccaneers. Then won that game against Washington the week after that. And then it was kind of a little up and down with Daniel Jones. Had a couple of real good games. But this year, it kind of seemed like, I think you could say that Daniel Jones did take a step back. He was a little better protecting the football, especially towards the end of the year. But uh, I'm curious to see where you guys stand on there. How do you feel about Daniel Jones
2: after year two? With Danny, there's there's a lot of questions for sure. But for me, I still have some faith, and there's a couple of reasons behind that. Two years in the league, two offensive coordinators got sacked almost as much as anybody in the league, got pressured as much as anybody in the league. A lot of big drops by guys who, who you're supposed to trust, like Ingram. Um, lost Saquon for the whole year. He didn't have his... Best skill guy to go to. He has plenty to work on. Like you said, I really, I think he did a lot better job of protecting the ball. Didn't really fumble too much this year. He he kind of took a step back with the interceptions, I think. But I think I think he got better as the season went on. Um, but with with Danny, I don't know. I don't know if he's the future or not. But he still got he still has this whole year ahead of him, especially since Gettleman's back. The whole coaching staff's back. I'm excited to see what he can do if we bring in some guys, bring in some old linemen, bring in some more skills maybe that he could kind of build a relationship with and just go through Jason Garrett's system for his second year.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. I think that one thing about him that people don't really notice, especially like people who aren't Giants fans, is how tough the guy is. The guy is getting hit every single game, multiple times. Hit low, hit high, gets tackled. He runs, he gets hit hard by safeties, linebackers, everybody. And I think that Another thing, I know he's thrown 10 interceptions, I think, this season. But I think that three of them came from Evan Ingram tip balls and drops. I have one against Week 17 versus Dallas. Then I got one versus Week 7 versus the Eagles. And then I have Week 2 versus Chicago. He just fell down on like a stick route. And then there was just a safety right next to him. Ended up picking the ball off. It was supposed to be a whip route. He ended up uh, falling down, trying to break out. And then... I think who might have been Eddie Jackson one of the safeties came down picked it off. I just think when you're Evan Ingram, apparently a Pro Bowl tight end, three of your quarterback's interceptions are basically all over your hands and I I don't think that's acceptable for someone of his uh status in the league. Yeah, I'm
0: I'm right with you. I think that with Dan, like Daniel Jones' supporting cast especially this year was yeah, I I don't want to say non-existent because like I think that's like a little too harsh, but I mean they didn't they didn't help him. I mean, like you said, Evan Ingram somehow was a Pro Bowl tight end. I think Evan Ingram, like, drops and, like, caused interceptions. Like, like, there was, like, some advanced stat or something. But he led the league in it. And, like, like drops plus, like, caused interceptions. Something like that. It's just, like, you got to help the guy out. Like, he's a young quarterback, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, like, he can make plays with his legs. We've seen it happen before. But, like, for the most part, I don't think Daniel, Daniel Jones, at least yet, hasn't, like, developed the ability to kind of, like, be able to put an offense on his back and just straight-up carry an offense. So I, you do need some help sometimes on the outside and especially their offensive line too. I mean, Daniel Jones in only 14 games this year was sacked 45 times. Like that's just absurd. I think some of those, I think you could kind of say maybe they're on Daniel Jones. He does. I think the one problem with him is I think he gets stuck a little bit too much on his first read. He doesn't get through his whole progression, but at the end of the day, he's still, he's still a young quarterback. He's still developing. And like Hackliff, you also mentioned that, um, I mean, two offensive coordinators in two years definitely doesn't help. So I think, As much as, like, Jason Garrett, maybe the offense looked a little simple in his first year, maybe – and I'm hoping with more of an offseason, they could take that next step. I think also, too, something I definitely want to mention was that, like, Daniel Jones' rookie year, people are like, oh, he had much better stats. He regressed like crazy. But, like, his rookie year, the Giants were basically playing meaningless games, and they were playing catch-up in all those games because their defense sucked. So, like, you kind of, like – your quarterback stats are kind of going to be, like, a little inflated. But, like, this year, the Giants are in a lot of close games, like – you, the Giants were playing for their strength of their team, which was their defense, and so like without like like with like trying to win these games, that you're a lot more competitive, and your stats like aren't good, like you're not gonna put up a lot of garbage
2: time numbers. You know what I'm saying? I agree with that for sure. I mean, Danny in his first year, the Giants were pretty much out of it the entire time, and this this year they were in a lot of close games, so they weren't taking as many crazy deep shots. It's a, also a different scheme that that he was playing in. Um, you know, I, he does have to be better, but I agree with you that he didn't regress as much as people are saying. Like, it was a completely different season, a different situation. Again, you don't have Saquon Barkley. So there were a lot of changes going on that he had, he had to get ready for. And um, I don't think he regressed too much, but I, he most certainly didn't get better.
1: I think that, like, two things that... I think he's definitely gotten better at from his first year. Pocket awareness and ball security because I've seen him move around in the pocket, kind of manage through it, make deep throws down the field. I can think of one right now, the deep pass, Darius Slayton versus the Steelers. Had to move around mm-hmm. the pocket a little bit left to right. Delivered a perfect ball. I think it was like 41-yard touchdown. It was awesome. 41-yard. And yards, then up. I think another thing was that I've seen him get hit hard from his blind side, and he's held on to it this year multiple times. I can't recall which game it was, but I remember one time literally getting crushed full speed from a linebacker off the edge, and he held on to the ball. And he was in the middle of his throwing motion, but he held on to it. So I think, and I know he's definitely been working on that stuff because that's what he's received the most criticism about from his first year. But definitely worked on those things, and you could see that he wants to improve for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, like, mentally, too, like, Daniel Jones is definitely, yeah, one of those guys who want, constantly, like, wants to get better. Uh, obviously, he's very mature about it. His coaching staff seems to have immense amount of confidence and respect in him, his teammates as well, too. Uh, I think, I just think, like, also with Daniel Jones, one thing I also didn't touch on earlier is that, like, sometimes I think he just tries to do a little too much. Like, that, that Steelers interception I remember that he threw, yeah. horrendous. Um, the one that he threw against Tampa Bay, too. Uh, with, Both uh, of them. I forgot about the interception on that, or oh, yeah, even do tweet to that game. I remember you said, you telling me about that earlier too, that, uh, I mean, like, even, I mean like this one, like the one that you do against the Rams too. Like, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really like blame him for that. Like, I mean, you're down eight points at that point, but like, it does seem like sometimes maybe does try to do a little too much, but again, when you don't have crazy weapons around you, uh, that sometimes happens. Like you said, you miss Saquon Barkley for all but one full game. Sterling Shepard was even out a bunch this year uh golden tate was non-existent that uh, it's gonna happen but um going into year three i'm curious on where you guys think that um like what like type of year you think this is it for like kind of what i'm trying to say is that, like i personally think this is like i don't want to necessarily i kind of want to say i'll say like make or break year i think your second year in the same system i think third year in the league with you got after this year they're gonna have to decide if they want to pick up his fifth year option uh I personally believe that Daniel Jones has got to show, like, improvement this year. And I think if he regresses, like, a little bit, again, this year, I think that the Giants will definitely think about moving on from him at the end of the year. But uh, I'm curious to what you guys think
1: about that. Yeah, you know what? I think that this year he's definitely got to show us something. I think that 11 – I think it was 11 touchdowns he had this season. It's – that's, like, a brutal number for a starting quarterback in the NFL. I mean, he played, I think it was 14 games – and, you know, for someone starting quarterback, the New York Giants, he doesn't really have too much help around him. So it's it can be a reflection of the offense. But at the same time, 10 touch, 11 touchdown passes, is just it's, it's brutal. And I think that he's going to step it up. I know that he's got the support from the coaches and the players for sure. I remember um, an interview from Colt McCoy after they beat Seattle. And he said that um, he couldn't have done it without Danny Dimes, like you could not have gone through all the meetings been able to do what he had to do to win that game without Daniel Jones So I think that he's the ultimate team player right now and he's just kind of got to show it on the field a little bit better
2: yeah I can I can agree with a lot of that he does need to uh show it on the field and I think he is really liked throughout the organization I think the coaching staff likes what he can do I think his teammates are happy with what with who he is how he plays but um I think for Danny, this is kind of a make-or-break year. I don't want to say it's definitely a make-or-break year, because we're not sure Like he could have a tough year and be back. But I think it also kind of depends on what happens with Gettleman. Because if the Giants (laughs) have a bad season again, and Gettleman's gone and fired, he's the main guy who had the faith in Danny. He brought Danny in. And if a new GM comes in and says, look, like I like the the staff we have, I like a lot of the players that we have but I think the main problem you guys have was Danny he could be gone so I think it kind of it, it a lot of it depends on Gettleman but you know it comes down to if Danny's going to play well because if the Giants are bad and Danny plays bad and D- Gettleman's gone that's that's a lot of that is on Danny so he he needs to go out there and step it up but we're going to look at some stuff about who we think we're going to get in the offseason we we're going to get in the draft later and I think that'll definitely help him out Cause I think they're going to try to get him some skill guys. Gettleman has mentioned they're trying to get him some skill guys and you know, yeah. Second year in the system. We'll see how he does next year. I'm, I'm rooting for him. Yeah. I'm definitely rooting for Daniel Jones. I know he gets the tough I mean,
0: ever since really the day he got drafted, I mean, he's always had an uphill battle kind of like with New York sports fans, but I've, I've been on Daniel Jones since day one. And yeah, I just want to support the guy and I, I hope, I hope he really does like kind of break out this year, but I'm with you too. I think his, Job is a little dependent on Gettleman. Obviously, Gettleman stuck his neck after him. I think if Jones doesn't have a good year, I think Gettleman's probably on the chopping block. And if a new GM comes in, I definitely think he probably wants to bring in his own quarterback. But uh, that's kind of g- going to bring us to uh, our next part of the show and kind of like with Gettleman's job on the line basically, I think you could safely say that Gettleman, his seat's pretty warm right now. I think if he doesn't have a great offseason and the Giants have another losing season, there's a very good chance that he doesn't return as the general manager. I think the biggest decision right now for Dave Gettleman is what do you want to do with the two-star defensive linemen that the Giants have in Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson? I mean, guys who maybe aren't as flashy, I mean, Leonard Williams, I think, a lot more flashy. he got led to the Giants in sacks. First Giant, like, I mean, Mark is going to do that 10 sacks last year, actually, so that's not what you want. But, uh, I mean, it seemed like Leonard Williams was the most dominant defensive lineman we've had in, like, the past, like, five, six years. Um, and Dalvin Tomlinson's just so underrated, too, where he's like, he's, like, the captain of the team. He's one of the Best guys in the locker room. Want to get uh, a second-round pick. He's been here for all four years. Probably started every single game he's played. But, um, I mean, they're both defensive linemen. The Giants don't have a ton of cap space. I'm curious to think, uh, to see, what do you guys stand on Leonard Williams? Actually, Leonard Williams and Dalvin Thomas. I'll I'll start, actually, first with this one. Uh, I think I personally want to see the Giants bring Leonard Williams back, definitely. I think Leonard Williams is a former sixth overall pick in the draft. Uh, since he came to New York, it seems like he kind of had a career revival. Patrick Graham knows how to use him very well. So I think you're going to have to pony up some money for Leonard Williams. But I definitely think it's worth it. And I'm I'm kind of torn on Dalvin Tomlinson, too, because I think if you bring back both of them, you can't really go get a receiver in free agency. But like, I think if the price is right, you definitely bring back Tomlinson. But The one thing I'll say, too, is Tomlinson isn't, like, really your three-down lineman. He's more of a run-stopping lineman. And you did just draft Dexter Lawrence, who you kind of hope, like, you might have to pay in the future, too. And you kind of hope can, like, emerge into, like, maybe even a better player than Tomlinson was. So then it's, like, you're already investing heavily in the D-line. So I think think it's a bad precedent to set, though, like, not, like, letting a captain walk out of your building. Because, like I said, Tomlinson was just – there was a captain this past year. But if I, I like – I definitely think the Giants should um, bring back Williams. I think they should try as hard as they can to bring
2: back Tomlinson. But uh, I'm curious to see what you guys think about that. Yeah, I I think Leonard Williams is a must resign, and in a perfect world, we would get both of them back because I love Dalvin Tomlinson too. But Leonard Williams is a star in this league, and that's I I don't really think there's other way around, any other way around it. He had one of the best seasons as a defensive end last year. Eleven and a half sacks from a guy who's an interior pass rusher. He's not coming off the edge really. He made some huge plays, like, especially in that Seattle game. He basically mm-hmm. won us that game with his play. Yeah, I think one. they got to give him the money. I think they definitely have to pay him, and I think it's worth it to pay him because he he is a star. And you know what? The Giants have the Giants don't always get those kind of guys, especially on the defensive side, and they haven't done it in a while. So I. I really like Leonard Williams. I think he's got to be back. And Dalvin Tomlinson is also a stud. But like you were saying with Dexter Lawrence, Dexter Lawrence is going to be that guy for us, I think. I think he's just going to keep getting better. He was really good his rookie year, and he was good last year, too. I think another year in Patrick Graham's system, he does even better. And, you know, I don't know. I I wouldn't really mind if we didn't go with a receiver from free agency. It's my personal opinion. So bringing him back would be good, but you're investing a lot of money in the D-line D- like you said. And most likely, we're, we're going to try to bring back uh, Dexter Lawrence once his contract comes up because he's he came from our system. He, he's he been good. He was a first-round pick. Uh, I don't really know how it's going to play out, but in a perfect world, we'd have both of them back, but it's just got to be at the right, pr- uh, right price, especially for Dalvin Tomlinson.
1: Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I think that I would love to get both back. In a perfect world, yep, yeah, you, you said it. We would hopefully get both of them. But I think that Leonard Williams's value in this league is too high to not re-sign him. The second he hits mm-hmm. free agency, I'm sure he'll get some sort of contract or something from somebody else. And he had a great year, like you said. It was a, it was definitely a revival of his career for sure. And I think Dalvin Tomlinson, like, what what's going to hurt Dalvin Tomlinson is how good Dexter Lawrence is. And how mm-hmm. that contract, that contract is coming up too. But I think that again, that, I know Dalvin Tomlinson. He's he is one of the leaders of that D line. I know guys look up to him. Guys go to him for things. I've seen I've seen people reference him in interviews. I've seen Dexter Lawrence talk about how good of a guy he is and how he helps the entire D line be better, all around. And in a perfect world, we get both. If I had to pick one, again, I'd go with Leonard Williams. His value is just way too high in the league. Yeah,
0: like you said, like it seems like as as we get more into like that pass oriented league, you need guys to get to the passer. And I guess Dalvin Tomlinson, like he's more of that run stuffing guy. He only played fifty five percent of snaps last year too. So it's like to invest like ten million, which is probably you could say like a good price for Dalvin Tomlinson, is a little steep, especially with the Giants' current cap situation. But uh, one last thing before we get into that cap situation, kind of, uh, the Giants did not. Like did not trade Dalvin Thompson to at the trade deadline. There was a lot of interest in him. I know the Green Bay Packers wa- were talking about him. I mean, at the time the Giants were one and six, so like it seemed like that would be a good part, a good point in the season to like maybe get a get some future value back for uh, an expiring contract. So I think that kind of shows maybe they were playing their hand a little bit on Dalvin Thompson and what their decision is. Ultimately, like you guys have said, in a perfect world, I'd love to bring both back, but I would definitely lean towards Leonard Williams coming back.
1: But uh, in just, order just to even bring Leonard thing, Williams. Though. Yeah, quick thing. Something that I that I've noticed, you know, watching every single Super Bowl for my entire life, I've noticed that in every Super Bowl, the winning team has a star D lineman, has a star D end, mm-hmm. has a monster D tackle. And I think for us, if we ever want to get there, I think Leonard Williams is our guy. But yeah, sorry to cut you off, but go ahead. No, that's not.
0: I mean that's perfectly fine. Listen, he's got the pedigree. It's not like Leonard Williams is like this undrafted free agent who I just maybe, like, caught some fire. I mean, Leonard Williams was a top-ten pick, and in that draft, you could argue that Leonard Williams was the most talented guy in that draft, and he fell to the Jets just out of, like, other teams, like, picking on, uh, like, their positional needs. But, uh, and listen, in order to bring back Williams, probably going to cost $17, 18000000 million at least. So, and the Giants only have about $9 million in cap space. They did just cut Golden Tate and David Mayo to clear up a lot of that space, which, um... I think those are both justified. I think Golden Tate was one of the worst signings Gettleman's made in his tenure. Um, just didn't produce for us. He was he got like benched that Washington game too because he was like outspoken. Uh, David Mayo, another guy who didn't really fit into Patrick Graham's system. He, like 2019, he had a bunch of tackles, but this past year he only played like 20% of snaps. Uh, so I think those two guys are like pretty safe. Like we would have both predicted if we did this episode a couple of days ago, that these guys are both on a chopping block. But, um, Moving on to two offensive linemen who I think both definitely something needs to be addressed with their contracts. Uh, Nate Soldier, a guy who opted out this past year, still has two years left on that another really bad contract that was handed out. But um, you save $6 million by cutting Nate Soldier. You take a $10 million cap hit, which sucks. But like I just don't think Nate Soldier is even worth $6 million. Like, and, and he'd have to like, he'd be playing the right side of, his, of the offensive line for the first time, which maybe would take a little bit of pressure off him. I wouldn't hate if they kept soldier and then put him at tackle. But I think if they keep soldier, then they got to do something with Zeitler. Zeitler's got a 12 million, could free up 12 million if they cut them uh, with Will Hernandez and Shane Lemieux rotating at left guard last year, left guard kind of guard, kind of a position of surplus. I know obviously you can't have, you can never have too many good offensive linemen, but I think they definitely have to get Zeitler's number down, whether they give him an extra year and like 5 million. So it averages out to like not eight, nine a year, something like that. But, um, I don't realistically see how the Giants could bring back both Soldier and Zeitler and then have a productive offseason.
1: Yeah. I mean, looking into the offensive line, I think that Nate Soldier, like I just, I love the thing that the offensive line kind of has going into this offseason. with the three young guys, Gates Lemieux and Andrew Thomas. Like I, that left side of the line got better and better each week. And it was genuinely noticeable, like ridiculously noticeable. I think Zeitler was a, I think Zeitler played a big role as the right guard because I remember that – I believe it was Will Hernandez was having some problems, like, early on in the season. Ended up getting benched for a rookie from Oregon. I don't remember what pick he was, but I just remember – The view was, like, a fifth-rounder. Yeah, fifth-rounder. Like, what did we get, Will Hernandez in the second round when he was drafted? Yeah, second round. Yeah, like, when you look at that, I just think that, like – I like Kevin Zeitler. Nate Soldier, I think – I think he can go. I definitely think the Giants can cut him. I think we have a good thing going within our offensive line room right now. And when you look at the drop off from Nate Soldier when he came from the Patriots, it is unreal. He was arguably the best tackle in the league when he came to the Giants, and then ever since then he's just been on a downfall. So I think he's definitely got to go.
2: Yeah, I can I can agree with a lot of that. I mean, Soldier Soldier's just been straight out bad. He is he has not been good um there have been some talks like i've heard some rumors that they might try to restructure his contract too but, but i don't really know what they could do about it he also talked about possibly retiring and you know i don't i don't know if they could restructure that contract and he can go and play two more years because i don't know if he wants to play two more years first of all i don't i think it might just be a good idea for him to retire after he gets cut but the thing about zeitler too is he he does have that huge contract and if we do cut him. We still do have Will Hernandez, and we can move him over to the right side, possibly, because he he is a guard. He can play that right side, and we don't really know what the, d- the deal is going to be about our right tackle situation, because Cam Fleming last year wasn't good. He, he was just bad, too. So if Soldier could move to that right side, he would definitely be an upgrade from what we had at Fleming last year, my personal opinion. Because then he's not it's not Danny's blind side. Even if he does get beat every now and then, it could be more of a read for Danny. Um, but I mean I don't I don't really like having both of those guys on the team, but I think we gotta look at what we're gonna try to do in free agency if we do cut both of them or at least one of them and in the draft before Gettleman makes a decision.
0: Yeah, I think no matter what. Um, unless you keep both of them, which I think the chance of you keeping both of them is so slim because if you keep both of them, you can't sign Williams or Tomlinson. So I definitely think one of them goes and yeah, then we, we definitely need alignment. It, it scares me a little bit that will Hernandez was benched mid season. Like I said, like a second round pick in his third year, like should not be getting benched. Like that's like kind of a red flag. Maybe the coaching staff doesn't like him that much. And, uh, I'd be, I'd be interested to see if he's kind of on, the on like, the trade block. Maybe they try to trade him for, like, a mid-round pick or something like that. Another guy who I'm sure will probably get a chance this year, Matt Pert, who looked all right at some times, some flashes, but I'm, I'll i never forget, like, the game against, like, Baltimore. He came in, and it was, like, three straight plays. This guy just got absolutely dominated. He didn't seem like he was completely ready this year. Obviously, that's why – and I think that's also, like, kind of shows you, like, with Fleming playing so poorly and still starting at right tackle, kind of shows you, like – Maybe Matt Pert wasn't ready yet. So, I mean, that's another third-round pick that the Giants made that you hope can develop into a starting lineman. But um, Hackliff said it too. I think the Giants might definitely be a little active in free agency on the offensive line. Uh, I know there's a guy from Buffalo, uh, Darrell Williams, who was a guy that Dave Gettleman drafted when he was in Carolina. Not, not like a premier tackle, but definitely a solid lineman. Be interesting to see what um, what his price is. I bet you the Giants would probably be um, – interested in him. If the Giants really want to break the bank, another guy who we'll got him in draft who's been a real good tackle in his career, Taylor Moten from uh, Carolina. I think he'd be a great pickup, but I just personally don't think the Giants make it. But uh, aside from tackle, who, what, where else do
2: you think the Giants should go in free agency? Um, you know what? It kind of depends on who they like in the draft a lot, but free agency comes first, so they're going to have to look at all the options. I think um, there definitely are a few receivers that are out there Galladay and Robinson both their contracts are up we don't know what they're going to want to do especially with Matt Stafford being gone from the Lions like I don't I don't know what the deal is going to be with Galladay um and yeah you mentioned Daryl Williams too at the line I I put him as my sleeper as a sleeper sign for the Giants I don't know what the deal is going to be with if they want to go heavy on offense but we also need a pass rusher too I mean Clowney Clowney's available. Uh, Shaq Barrett's available. I'm not too sure if we're going to go after big names like them or big names like Galladay and Robinson. Corey Davis could come in. Um, But I'm not too sure if there's going to be that much of a splash in free agency, especially if we get Leonard Williams and Tomlinson back. I don't know how much. I think it kind of depends on if we do make those cuts of Zeitler and Soldier and how we go forward with that before I can really like narrow down how active I think we're going to be in free agency. But, yeah, Galladay and Robinson are the two receivers. We need receivers. And I don't know if it's going to be through the draft or free agency, but for free agency, Galladay and Robinson would be my two guys to put down.
1: Listen, I mean, at at the end of the day, I definitely agree with that and for sure. But, I mean, like, with the 31st ranked offense in the league, for sure we need a receiver. And, I mean – I've heard things about Juju Smith-Schuster also, uh, Galladay, Robinson. Those are all guys that I think that we could take a look at for sure. I think Juju just kind of brings a little bit too much, if you guys get what I'm saying. And then yep. Galladay and Robinson, I definitely think are guys that we can target. I've seen Kenny Galladay make some ridiculous catches. Robinson, same deal, same thing in coverage, contested catches. And I think that, I think that when you look at our defense, you know, definitely top ten arguably top five being really biased i'm sure but i like the way our defense is right now but if i had to go for some free agents it would be a receiver and if we don't get a receiver in free agency definitely in the draft and then i think we definitely can use some help on the offensive line so darrell williams would be a great option for that yeah um i was i was also saying like with edge with their edge rusher
0: like potentially the giants go after i think it's kind of um interesting with um like you get two guys who got hurt last year both former third round picks back-to-back years Lorenzo Carter and O'Shane Zimenez. I mean these are guys again that you're drafting like you're like investing pretty good draft capital in and you hope that they could like emerge into a starting role so I think like if I mean in my ideal world obviously I'd love the Giants to go try to make a play on one of these big name free agents in like either a Kenny Galladay receiver or like a um Leonard Floyd or uh Shaq Barrett at edge rusher, but like I think I'd be okay if the Giants brought back Leonard Williams, even brought back Dalvin Tomlinson, and then kind of like went um went like a little cheaper at one of those positions. Like yeah, maybe bring maybe bring in uh, Daryl Williams, and then yeah, maybe like take a flyer on an edge rusher. Uh, I don't necessarily know who maybe uh, Kyle Van Noy. I just got cut. Obviously, you have that um like Patriot Joe Judge uh, relationship with him, so maybe. Uh, but yeah, I think I think one position too that uh, I'd like to see maybe the Giants like try to try to address is that second cornerback spot. Not a huge fan of Isaac Yadam. Mm-hmm. They tried Julian Love there. Julian Love is a good player, but I think Julian Love's more like suited like as a safety because he's not a great man coverage corner. A little undersized too. But um, yeah, listen. At the end of the day, I just hope the Giants like. I just hope they're not sleepers in free agency. Like, I hope they just don't let this chance to like, because I think the Giants do have a little bit of a window here where they can go on a run in the NFC in the NFC East, at least, because the NFC East is wide open. So I just hope the Giants, and I hope they give um like Daniel Jones a chance, really, to succeed, whether it's either signing one of those free agents like Robinson or, and Gaudi, those true number one receivers, or do it through the draft, which we'll go into right now and kind of discuss. Uh, I'll start with you first, Novello. Uh, who's your ideal pick for the Giants at number 11?
1: Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle all the way, for sure. I think that I just watched some highlights today. I think he's just too explosive. I really, I'm praying that he's there at 11. I think that he could really help out this offense, similar to the way that Odell helped out the offense back in the day when he got drafted. I think that this is an offense that needs a spark, something flashy, something fast. And I think that Jalen Waddle gets that done perfectly. Pat, you in
2: agreement? Yeah, I like Waddle a lot. I mean, we have to see what happens with free agency. If we sign a guy like Galladay, I don't think they're going to go receiver personally because we still have Sterling Shepard and we still have uh, Slayton. So I don't know what – I kind of have to wait to see how free agency goes, but for sure I think Jalen Waddle can be a star in this league. Devontae Smith just won the Heisman, and pretty much most of – almost every game that Waddle and Smith played together, Waddle had the better numbers. So he he has some questions about him because of his injury, but I just think we've seen so much from him at Alabama. He's an absolute stud in every game that he plays. Some other guys that I like, though, too. I mean, Jamar Chase didn't play last year, but he was one of the best receivers in college football with uh, Joe Burrow at LSU the year before. And then offensive line-wise, there's Penny Swell, and then Slater's good, too, so I kind of want to see how free agency goes before I kind of mark down my guy, but there's a lot of talent. There's like a lot of talent early on.
1: And I
2: think three quarterbacks are going to go in the top 10. So that leaves those, those skill players out there for the giants to possibly swoop in at 11. So I'm, I'm I'm really excited for the draft. I think no matter what happens, we'll get somebody that I'm happy with, but yeah, like Novello said, Waddle is a stud and I'd love to see him in a giants uniform.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I really, like, there's not a lot of scenarios that I can picture in my head that the Giants could really piss me off come draft night. I mean, personally, my ideal offseason, if I had to go, would be you bring back the – you don't spend money on the wide receiver and we draft Waddle. But listen, Waddle is like one of those receivers that fits the mold that like these guys, like as the draft gets real closer, they start rising because of how fast they are. Now, they haven't panned out in the past couple of years. You've got John Ross and even Henry Ruggs wasn't great last year. But Jalen Waddle is just like, also so elusive – such a good route runner. I mean, that game he had like last year against Auburn, or two years ago against Auburn. Then this past season, yeah, through the first four games, Jalen Waddle was the better receiver than Devonta Smith. I mean, this kid's unbelievable. He's so quick. Another guy, another offensive weapon who I honestly would love to see the Giants get. I, I think this would involve them trading Evan Ingram, who's on his last year of his deal with them, for a mid-round pick, which I think I'd be okay with. Is going after Kyle Pitts. Also, I think I don't think he makes it to eleven because of how like dominant he was and how he's still only 20 years old which is disgusting but i think if like kyle pitts runs like at his pro day like a four four like a four like like a, a high four 440 i think that guy like he has no chance of falling to the giants but i would love to see him i mean this guy at florida absolute mismatch you put him in the slot you put you can line him up outside he's just too big for cornerbacks uh if the giants do like address that pass catcher role in free agency i i as much as I, I would hope that Sewell would possibly fall, even Slater, there's talking maybe the key goes into the top 10. I'd, I'd like them to go offensive line. I think if Sewell's there, you definitely take him. But one guy who on the defensive side of the ball, who I could only dream of having and would be like Micah Parsons. I mean, Micah Parsons at Penn State. The, the Cotton Bowl, like the last game they played, the 2019 Cotton Bowl against Memphis. If you have not watched that game, please watch that game. This guy was an absolute force. Like 14 tackles, like Three sacks, two forced fumbles. The guy was a five-star was a five-star running back recruit to Penn State, switches over to linebacker. He, I mean, you get after the quarterback. They're a little concerned about him in coverage because he's still new to the position. But, I mean, if you're going to bet on anybody, I'll bet on one of the craziest athletes I've seen at linebacker. Last year, the Giants didn't take Isaiah Simmons. I think this year, if they address that pass-catching need in free agency, I'd love to see them make a play on Michael Parsons to give Patrick Graham another um, crazy chess piece. But uh, yeah. Anybody else that like I, we didn't really
1: mention that you'd love to see the Giants go get? Um, I just want to mention one thing about um the Micah Parsons thing. I think that we have some young linebackers who can get it done. I think that Tay Crowder, he's coachable. He's good in Patrick Graham's system. I know Carter Coughlin, Cam Brown. I think they can get it done at the edge. So I would really hope for an offensive weapon at eleven, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: one thing I could address too. Would be a uh, Sertan. He he is a stud yeah. at corner, um, and we do kind of need to address that that second corner spot. But our defense is so good right now, and you know we have we have so few holes in the defense that our star players on the defense can make up for it a lot of the times. Like Bradbury's there, Leonard Williams should be there. Blake Martinez is there. Like we have studs there who can pick up the slack for some of our weaker spots. And you know what? I think the weak spots we have on the offense are just too much not to address. So I think offensive line or receivers pretty much the main way to go. But if we were to go defense, Sertan and Parsons, that's still, you can't be unhappy with those two guys.
0: Yeah. I mean, those guys, like you said, Sertan, obviously uh, his dad was in the NFL. I mean, there's a star guys, unbelievable played in the best conference too in football. So, I mean, that guy's battle tested. So, uh, Kind of to wrap up like the roster construction and acquisitions. I'll start. I'll start first. Like kind of like our ideal free agency. I think then. I think we're kind of in a consensus, but i just want to make sure here. I think that they definitely should bring back Leonard Williams. I think you try to make a play on Dalvin Tomlinson. Look, I think if the Giants brought back Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson, added a piece on their offensive line, and then drafted Jalen Waddle, like I'd actually like that. That would be. That'd be my ideal world. That'd be my. That's Kobe. the
2: perfect world. That's the yeah. perfect world right there.
1: Yeah, but, I, I uh, listen, couldn't agree with you better. We couldn't agree with you more, pal. That's spot on. I mean, but unfortunately, we just don't live in a perfect world. I mean, like, <laughs>
0: like, 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 I just, I feel like it seems so simple. Like, like, it seems simple. It's just not simple, which sucks, man. Like, like, listen, I just hope, I hope at the end of yeah. the day, Dave Gettleman can get the job done and prove that, um. What's it called? Prove that he's uh, able to keep his job as the GM, because I think that uh, this offseason huge for him. I think kind of kind of bringing us into our 2021 expectations. I think that when Joe Judge was hired this past last year, I uh, was kind of like I wasn't expecting the Giants to take that immediate leap as a playoff team. And I always think it's like that second year in a system with an offense and a second year under a head coach is when the team really starts to flourish. So I was like, I just want to see some bright spots from the Giants. I want to see them compete in every game. And that's honestly exactly what I saw. I saw the team every week come out, thought they had a chance in every single game. They were, the talent was just not even on even sides of the field. They were always facing an uphill battle with that. But um, I mean, they fought, man. Some of these guys had phenomenal seasons. And for 2021, I just hope it stays that way. And I really hope the Giants take this next step, especially in the NFC East. That's so wide open. I mean, Washington doesn't know what they're doing at quarterback. They just cut Alex Mm -hmm. Smith. Dallas had a bunch of injuries. Dallas has a ton of terrible contracts and Dak Prescott's a pending free agent. Philadelphia is a mess. I'm, I wouldn't be worried about Philadelphia for a while. I mean, and the football gods are going to curse them, too, after they threw that game, if you ask me. But um, for sure. Yeah, I hope I hope we see a healthy Saquon this year and strides from Daniel Jones in the right direction. And uh, yeah, I really, truly believe in 2021 that the Giants can make a divisional push.
2: I mean I'm really excited to see how the Giants do next year. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited to see Saquon back. I'm really excited to see Daniel Jones and and assist him for the second year. Um I don't I just I can only see us really getting better from this year. I don't really understand how he'd get worse. I think Mm -hmm. just the team as a whole really bought into Joe Judge's Joe Judge's uh, mindset and his theory. I think he's a great fit for New York. I love the guy. And um, I just really think all we can do is get better. If we re-sign Tomlinson and Williams for sure, we're pretty much keeping that same defense. We're pretty much keeping the same offense. And we got rid of the guys that we don't want. You know, we got the drafts big, free agency's big, but I'm. I'm really excited to see what happens next year. I think the NFC East is wide open. And I think the Giants... I'm I'm usually I usually try to play it smart and say, like, I don't know. I don't think the Giants are going to be a playoff team and go against my bias, no matter how much I love this team. But I think next year really could be the year that we squeeze in at least at a wild card spot or even win the division.
1: For sure. I mean, when you look at the NFC East, the Eagles are a dumpster fire. Washington's Washington. And then, I mean, Dallas, they're they're all right. But I think that Dallas is really our only competitor in the division. Looking on from there, I'm praying that Danny Dimes has a good season. I'm rooting for the guy. I think he's tough. I think he's a great leader. Saquon, I want him to run all over the place on that young left offensive side of the line. And I think that we bring another offensive lineman. We could really be a running team. Our offense can be based around the run, play action. And I think that the defense is doing their thing. I think that Patrick Graham has got that defense moving around really well, flying around, making plays. I, I can't see the defense... Going down, I like the defense. I love what they're doing. Offense, praying for improvement. We need a weapon, and I'm with Hackliff on this one. I think at least a wild card is my expectation for the Giants in 2021. And one last thing, little wild card. Desmond Trufant did just get released. Just putting it out there. Hey, Desmond Trufant definitely would be uh,
0: an interesting, like, take at, like, second cornerback. He took well Patrick Graham's system, too, but – uh yeah, I'm I'm with you. I also want to see the, the offense be a little more creative. Uh, I think the Giants' offense was very basic this year. And, yeah, maybe that is because it's the first year in a system that there was no offseason. Uh, you were missing your star running back in Saquon Barkley. You didn't really have a star – like a stud receiver. So I think that'll I think that come. I have faith at least that that will come. Jason Garrett, it also was his first year that he was really calling plays in a while. So uh, I think it's a big off season for Jason Garrett. I think when Jason Garrett took the Giants' job last year, I was like we might lose Jason Garrett in a couple years because – with the Giants like with a young quarterback in Jones then you have Saquon Ingram uh like maybe he flourishes so well and like he takes a head coaching job somewhere especially if Daniel Jones develops well then it's like everybody's looking for a coach to mentor a young quarterback but um I mean if Jason Garrett doesn't have a good year I don't see how Jason Garrett stays for year three so Mm -hmm. I, I really want to see the offense take some strides and like I said just keep the defense rolling I know I don't have it right in front of me. I did not write it down either. But uh, the Giants' schedule, I know, especially their home schedule, is, like, got really it, yeah. weak this year. I know, I they, like, right obviously, all those, all those three games in the East are winnable. Then they play uh, at home. I think they play the Panthers, the Falcons in that yeah. division, which are, are weak. Then you yeah. have the, um, the Raiders and the Broncos. So, I mean, like, listen, those four teams are, like, solid. But, like, if we're going to be a playoff team, which we all hope we are, I mean, those are must-win yeah. games at home. So, with the, with those four games and the three division games, I mean, you could realistically say the Giants, like, in seven of their eight home games only, like, should watch them. I'm not going to say they should be favorites in those games, but, like, they should be real, like, they should win those games if they want to be a playoff team. So, I think that yeah. does help them a little bit. But, um, yeah, man, I'm just hoping for the Giants. It was, it, was, it was a lot more fun this past year watching the Giants games than it has in the years past, just knowing Absolutely. that, like… Especially even though like even though they were only six and ten like they were six and ten. I mean it always it was crazy with the NFC East this year too. I like the Giants were technically like never out of the playoff push, but um even even like playoffs aside, like it was just like that, that's like the one thing where like Jets fans like, I mean they watched twelve blowouts this year. Like <laughs> that sucked. Man. Like every every single Sunday you turn on the TV your team gets blown out. But like, like you know what I mean? You wait all week to watch the Giants, and they give you a good sixty minutes for the most part. There were some hiccups, like you said earlier, in the San Francisco game, even the Arizona game, they got dominated in. Uh, the Browns game on Sunday night was also tough. But um, yeah, I think there's big things in store for the future, and I think the Giants are gonna be. I think, like like I said, they they do the right things in the off season. If Gettleman does, I think the Giants are gonna be a popular like sleeper team that a lot of people are gonna um pounce on, even like betting wise too. I think like the Giants like. I don't I don't see how the Giants going into um, the season couldn't have like pretty good value on whatever their odds are to win either the division or the Super Bowl. But uh, one thing I want to also discuss before we move on to our final topic development, I think I think you're ruling out um Washington too easily. Man, Washington did try to make a play on Matt Stafford. I think if Washington would have traded for Stafford, mm-hmm. I think Washington could honestly If I think if Washington figures out their quarterback
1: situation, they could be pretty dangerous. Listen, I think Washington, like I said, Washington. I think it's Washington. I think Ron Rivera had a really good year. He coached them up pretty well. They did win the division, even though we beat them twice. Maybe I'm just a little salty about that, but you know, I think that if they can figure out a quarterback situation, who knows? But I think, I think we beat them in both those games for sure.
0: No, that's true. That's true. Listen, we did handle Washington, so it's not like you know what I mean. Like, yeah, they might have made the playoffs, but I mean, again, we're four and zero against them in the last two years. But uh. Moving on to some other league news that's going to kind of wrap up our Giants um, recap. Uh, one guy who the Giants cannot sign, I don't think they would have been a big player on him, J.J. Watt, signed with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, two years, $31 million. Uh Watt got released by the Texans, it seemed like he wanted to go win a ring somewhere. Or that's what we thought. I remember me and Corey were talking about this a couple episodes ago that, um, yeah, like it makes a lot of sense for Watt to go back to Wisconsin, go to Green Bay. Uh, go to Buffalo and win a ring there. But he goes to the Cardinals and like I don't know. I, I like just like like what do you guys think about that signing with the Cardinals?
2: You know, DeAndre Hopkins and him have that relationship, so that we all know that definitely played a role. And you know, I think he might just be excited with their locker room. They got a lot better. Kyler Murray is a stud. That offense is just getting better and better. You know, I think that defense. It's solid, but you bring in a star like J.J. Watt, anything's possible with that team. They're in a tough division out there, but J.J. Watt's a beast, and I, just, I, think, he, I think he made a good decision. I like the Cardinals a lot. I'm a big fan of Kyler. I'm a big fan of D-Hop, Larry Fitzgerald. I want to see him make another playoff push. Um, but, yeah, it did come as kind of a surprise. I wasn't sure how, the, how he was going to handle it, if he was going to go to Green Bay. I know Green Bay was definitely – they were. He was my. Uh, I, I thought he was going to Green Bay. Like I thought that was the most likely situation. It was kind of a shocker for Arizona, but I always kept it in the back of my mind. I mean, him and DeAndre Hopkins have that relationship, and I'm really excited to see what JJ Watt can do on a younger team that has playoff aspirations. Like he's off at Texans right now, which is a dumpster fire, and I'm a big JJ Watt fan, so I'm happy for the guy. I'm happy to see what he can do.
1: I think that when you look at J.J. Watt, you know this is a great signing for the Cardinals. All around, he's he's going to be in your community. He's going to be doing things for the community. He's going to be great in the locker room. He's a great football player. And I think that when you look at the Texans, like the reason for the release, like I just think when you look at the Texans over the past couple of years, they've made the playoffs. They have. They've made a little run here and there, but that's kind of where their cap was. You know, I don't I don't see them. They're definitely going down right now. But I, I, you know, I haven't Mm -hmm. seen them really show us any serious Super Bowl aspirations. And I think that's why you wanted to get out of there. And and with the thing with the Deshaun Watson, it's a wreck over there. So I think that the Cardinals, I think he's going to be he's got a bright future with them for sure. I think that the defense, the offense, they could all get it done. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he does well. I'm a big J.J. Watt fan, too. He's a great guy. I'm hoping to see him succeed.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Listen, J.J. Watt is one of those guys that, um, like, I think everybody could pull for and like hope to uh, watch, well, hope to win a ring. I don't know if Larry Fitz, did Larry Fitzgerald announce that he's coming back? What did he say? did He, he said he was so. retiring, right? I hope he's coming back. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I was like, if Larry Fitz isn't retiring, I don't think I don't think he is because we definitely would
1: have talked about it. One thing, but one thing he about ends up, Larry Fitz we take him for granted. I just wanted to put that out there. We definitely take Larry Fitzgerald for granted. Great dude. And really underrated football player for sure. Yeah, man. I mean, you, you have, if he, if he comes back,
0: I mean, you have JJ Watt and Larry Fitz on the scene. I like the Cardinals are like the most deserving team to win the (laughs) Super Bowl in that sense. but uh, one thing I think from the Cardinals standpoint, that scares me a little bit. I think JJ Watt, obviously good for him. He got his money. Like I, it sounds a two year deal. Uh, I just I just don't know like how good though this makes the Cardinals relative to the NFC West. I mean, the NFC West is the best division of football now if you ask me. I still think the Rams are the best team in that division. Uh, I think and I think you could honestly argue that Seattle's still better than Arizona today. Although I think there's a, definitely a big chance that Seattle gets jumped by Arizona, but you also got to remember with San Francisco coming back like you think Arizona is still like this clear-cut playoff team or you think that um like do you think they are that much better than two
1: of those teams at least in the division. I I think that the NFC East is a toss up. I think I mean, NFC East, NFC West, I think it's a toss up. I think all four of those teams are good. They all play good tough football. It's a, it's literally the best division in football as you said. I don't think they're going to have it easy. But if I had to pick somebody, I'm also, I'm going to go with the Cardinals.
2: That's a bold statement right there.
1: Bold I mean, statement.
2: I think the Rams are the clear-cut best team. I love Matt Stafford. I think he is just an absolute beast. And I think the Rams' biggest problem was quarterback. You know, Jared Goff, I like the guy. I rooted for him. But Matt Stafford is on a different level of of football than Jared Goff. And you put him into that system, I think the Rams are the best team. I think the Cardinals could make a splash. But, you know, I think they're kind of a hit-or-miss team there, too, because they were solid last year. They weren't amazing. They They beat who they were supposed to. They had that crazy game against the Bills. But I'm rooting for the Cardinals. You can't find a guy in the league who doesn't like Larry Fitz or um, J.J. Watt. So I think a lot of people are going to be pulling for the Cardinals. But I would put the Rams up there, and I probably would put the Cardinals second in a squeeze over Seattle. But Seattle could get jumped, and I think Seattle has a chance of being the worst team in that division. But I guess we'll have to see how things unfold.
0: Yeah, San Francisco also had a lot of injuries last year. It depends how they bounce back, what they do in free agency. Obviously, they lost Robert Sala, too. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Arizona was just on the fringe of the playoffs last year, and then they lose the last two games to uh, the San Francisco, and then they lose to the Rams to knock them out. But, uh, obviously, yeah, Kyler Murray, they're obviously going to be must-watch TV now that you had J.J. Watt in there. Chandler Jones is coming back. Definitely going to be an exciting team to watch. A lot of people will be hoping for the Cardinals. But uh, that's going to do it for our kind of our off season recap, our off season preview, excuse me for the giants. And then we had to throw in that JJ Watt stuff. Cause he's just that good of a guy and that important in the NFL that we honestly just have to talk about.
2: But, uh, is there anything you
0: guys want to leave off with, um, for the fans?
2: Love the giants, huge giants fan. I'm rooting for them heavy. I'm happy to be here on the podcast. I'm a big fan of the podcast and, um, go giants. 2021. I think this is our year where we finally start putting the pieces together. And we just got to hope, like we said, the perfect world comes around and we get Tomlinson, Williams, Waddle, and the guy on the offensive line.
1: No, I definitely love this podcast. This was a lot of fun. Payo. thanks for having me on. I think that the Giants, like you said, are going to put the pieces together and hopefully we can go to a game or two. That'd be nice. And, yeah, I just, I'm hoping for a really good playoff push from the Giants. All hail the New York Giants. Yeah, definitely uh, 2021. I hope to see you guys uh, in MetLife rooting on
0: the Giants. And, of course, I'm sure at some point uh, we'll definitely get back on the pod this crew and we'll definitely discuss what the Giants did in the offseason, how we feel about it, and um, where we really think the Giants
1: can go this next season. But uh,
0: that's going to do it for today's episode. Take care, everybody. Have a good one.